Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church. And I just want to personally thank you for listening to our podcast. And I also want to invite you wherever you are around the country or in the Tampa Bay area to join our digital online campus at centerpointfl.org. And here's what you need to know. Our vision is to create an alternative to church as usual for all people. And all that means is, regardless of whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, you're new to faith, you're investigating faith, or you don't even know what you believe, our goal is for you to feel like you belong, even if you never believe. And so thank you again for listening, and I hope today's message encourages you and helps you. Hey, good morning, everybody. All excited to be in church today? Yeah. Man, it's so glad to have you, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, my name is Justin. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I just want to say, like, did you all have a good Thanksgiving, though? Was it good? I feel like that's, like, halfway, because, like, there's probably someone in your family here with you that you're like, well, I can't be like, no. Like, they're right there. Uh, but officially, like, Christmas season is here. I love Christmas. My family, our house is already decorated. We just got to go get a tree. Like, we love it. But also, center point, we love Christmas. It's, it, it, I mean, really is the most fantastic time of the year. I just want to let you know that we have some incredible Christmas opportunities and, and events for you to be able to come to, but really, they're there for you to invite people to. Uh, so there's some Christmas Eve services that are going to be incredible, like one of a kind every year. It's, I mean, it's the best. Uh, but also, we're having Winter Wonderland this year, which is going to be, I mean, awesome. It's like people that you know would love to come. We're going to have a rock wall and a huge slide and axe throwing. Santa's coming. Like, we, I mean, we like pulled out all the stops. We want to throw the biggest party in town, and we would love for you to help us with that, uh, whether by helping us throw the party or inviting people. Um, really, the reason we do it is because we want to show love to our community and show everyone in, in our town and our city, like, we are for you. We love you. Uh, we're so glad that you can come on our campus. And that includes you today. If you're new here, and we're so glad that you're here. Uh, and if you invited someone to come with you, like, thank you so much for that. Like, that's huge. Um, so thank you for that. Like, we're gonna have a great time. Uh, we're continuing our, our talks, a series of talks called Awakening. We're talking about growing faith. Uh, and faith is one of those things for a lot of us, like we admire it in other people, but we're not sure how to get it. Right? Like, you know someone, and maybe it's a, a family relative, or maybe it's a person you're like, man, like nothing shakes you. Like you are like fine all the time. Like, like you like a rock solid with things. Uh, and there's several things in life that are like that with like faith, where you admire it from a distance, but you don't know the work that it takes to have. Right? Like you see people with marriages, you're like, man, your marriage is awesome. Like, you guys just seem great, and from the outside looking, like, I would love to have the marriage you guys have, but you don't know all the work it takes, the things that you don't see that they work on, or like the entrepreneur that has a, a great business, where you're like, man, I would love to be as successful in business as you are, man, just things are great, like, but you don't know the work it takes where they're grinding from the sun is not even up yet until the sun goes down, or, or people, again, like, you look at people's physique, and they're like, you're like, man, like, I would love to look like that, like, but I just love food, and it's really hard. Like, like, again, like we look at things and we admire things from afar, but we don't know the work it takes to get there, right? And I think faith is, is like that for a lot of us, but I also think something that's it's related to faith is peace. Like a lot of us, we see peace and we want peace, but we don't always know how to get it. And we not, we're not sure the steps that it takes to get there. And that's why through this series, we've been talking about having a growing faith, a growing confidence in God and how that can help. And, and, and one of the, the benefits of a growing confidence in God, I would argue, is peace. And not just peace with the people around you, because that's like, we, we all want that, but also peace with yourself. 
So if we're honest, like it's sometimes easier to have peace with people around us just by, you know, and you know, you went through holidays this past week of like, don't bring that up with this person and make sure you avoid that and like walk through the room really quickly over here. And like, that's why like we keep having kids because they keep us distracted, right? Like I can't start, I can't talk to you right now. The baby needs me. Like I can't like, I mean, and when our kids get older, we're just gonna find other excuses. But like, like it's, it's easier sometimes to have peace with people around you than it has to have people or peace with yourself, but I think that's one of the benefits, and that's what we're talking about, having a growing faith, a growing confidence in God. And one of the things that will help us have peace, help us have confidence in God, it's one of those things like you, like you don't think, you wouldn't pick it, you wouldn't think like this is it, but it's private disciplines. Like private disciplines, doing things when no one else is watching and, and having control and making decisions in the private moments of your life that will be able to help you have the life publicly that you've wanted. The discipline's kind of hard. Like nobody really likes discipline. Right? No one likes hearing no, right? Whether it's your kid or yourself. Like we don't like it, but, but in, in terms of like our conversation today, like a simple definition of discipline is discipline is doing something today based on what you value tomorrow. It's short simple. Doing something today based on what you value tomorrow. And this is where for all of us, what we choose today will either give us freedom or will take away freedom from our tomorrow. So I wanna be disciplined now so I have more options later. And, and this is the, the thing that's incredible about discipline is, is you get to choose to have discipline and you get to choose to even change your life through the discipline you have. And discipline for different people, it comes easier, it's more difficult, but like, like that's the thing that's so powerful in whether you're a Jesus follower or not. Like if you're investigating faith and you're like, ah, you can pull Jesus out of this, this is just good life for you. It's like, if you make choices now, it will help you tomorrow or it will hurt you tomorrow. And if you are disciplined, that's why one of the biggest things I wanna teach my kids is to be able to have self-discipline because it gives you more options if you have the power to say no so you have the chance to say yes tomorrow. And for us, in terms of trying to get peace, which by the way, I think we're all on a peace quest. Like almost more than anything. Like you wanna be happy, you want peace. Even like, this sounds crazy maybe for you to hear in church, but like you're not even on a truth quest really. Like you only want truth if it works. I'm the same way. Like, and that's where, as I take, I, I study, I look at the scriptures, like I want things that work, things that will make me happy, things that will bring peace. So like we could, you know, do without even looking for a truth. And a lot of us, like, even as you're here, you're like, oh, I need answers. I'm struggling. I'm trying to figure out things out. Like, I totally get it. But I, I think in my experience, what I've seen with people is you want peace more than you want truth. That doesn't mean that you can't have them both. But as we're on a, a peace quest in our lives, we have to make decisions today that will help us have peace tomorrow. Because that's, that's really what we want. And Jesus actually knew we were on a peace quest. He knew we were on a happiness quest. If you look at some of his most notable teachings, it's all about how to be happy. And he points out, hey, if you wanna be blessed, do this. Another word for blessed can be translated happy. If you wanna be happy, now it's not that your life is just rainbows and unicorns and that things are great and never have any gray skies. Jesus is saying, if you want the things everyone else wants, you should follow the way I've laid out for you. He knows, he knows you want to be at peace, he knows you want happiness. And this is why he said things like this, which is it's so crazy. If you're starting a religion, like this sounds great, but then if you look at what Jesus did in some ways, you're like, well, like 
you didn't give people things. You didn't give people notoriety. Didn't get, like, what was the hook for people? The hook for people to come was peace and rest. Jesus taught, and this is what he said. Matthew, one of his, his followers, wrote this down. He says, this is what Jesus said to the crowds around. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like, you want peace. I want peace. And Jesus says the solution to peace is is to come to me. It's tied to a person. See, then you see that Jesus taught this and his early followers had this and then they actually would go and, and they would write letters and to more gatherings of more followers and they had to remind them, hey, this is Jesus' teaching because they didn't have the Bible. Like some of these guys were even looking at a passage, like they're writing letters to inform people, hey, this is how to operate under the Jesus movement. Like, there is no Bible. And the thing that's crazy is they had incredible peace without the Bible. Because peace isn't just tied to the Bible. Peace is tied to a person. And that's what Peter says. This is what Peter wrote in his second letter he's writing to the church. He says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Like, well, all the grace, all the peace, but it's through something, through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus. Like, I want you to have grace. I want you to have peace. And what he does is Peter Similar to what Jesus did, he ties peace with a person. See, I want you to have grace and peace, but it's through something, it's through knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus. Now, knowledge here is a theme Peter has in his letter, but it's not knowledge of like intellect. Like he's not saying, I want you to learn more about Jesus so you can pass a test about Jesus at some point, and then you get peace if you score high enough. He said, I want you to have knowledge in the, the intimate, like, I want you to know. Like, think about, like, the close relationships you have with people around you, like, people you know. You know a lot about a lot of people, right? Like, you can find your celebrity, your athlete, your musician, whoever it is, like, you know a lot about that person. I don't think you trust that person. Like, you might trust them to come in clutch at the end of the game. You might trust them to produce good music. You might trust, but, but you're not, even if you have the ability, you're not calling that person to help you when you have a difficult situation. Because it's not knowledge about, it's an intimate relationship with. And Peter goes on, he says, hey, so you, I want you to increase, you want peace, you want peace, y'all want peace? Everybody wants peace, everyone wants grace. You want those things that's through knowing, have an intimate connection with Jesus. And because you have this, and then because you have this promise that God's given you and this provision God has for you, like now you gotta add some things to your faith. And then he goes and he lists some things out and we're gonna look at it. And I wanna tell you, it's like a laundry list. And to be honest, when we talk about personal discipline or private discipline where you are focused on things like, so often, even in the church context, we focus so much on the discipline side of it. Like you have to do, so, so make sure y'all get your, your notes out and write down all these things, okay? Because this is a laundry list of how to be a religious person, okay? That's not that kind of church, actually. That's not us. This is what he says. Y'all still with me? If you're not, you can leave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love to have fun with people. I love to mess around. Like, you don't have to leave, honest. You can stay. This is what Peter says. He says, for this reason... Because you have a promise, because you have a provision from God, it says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection, to mutual affection love. Y'all got that list? Y'all list those? And this is, again, this is how, like, I love to operate this way. 
Like, give me, give me the thing. What do you want me to do? Like, that's why I love shopping lists. We're like, baby girl, go make a list. Tell me what to buy you. I don't want to have to think about it. Just show me what to buy you. Tell me exactly what you need me to do. I will do it every time. Like, leave a list. Sometimes it's like, but you're not a child. Like, you can think of things. You can do it yourself, right? But this is the thing. We want a list of things, don't we? Because we love scoreboards. I love constantly. I want to know how I'm doing. How am I measuring up with people around me? With everything. Like, like how am I doing constantly? That's why I'm checking. Like, I need a list. But, but the point of this is not to have a list of things that when you accomplish self-control, now you wrap up on that and you move on to the next thing and you move on to the next thing. Really, more of what Peter's talking about is this is like a, like a network of things that all come together. These are all characteristics that would come together to make you have peace that would give you the life that you desire, but also be able to show love to the people around you like the way that they desire it. You think about it, it's almost like with, with fitness or with exercise, right? Like you don't just like work out your arms and when your arms are big enough, you're done working out your arms, you move to the next thing. Unless you're like 17 like I was and you're like, ah, I just want the money makers, arms, chest, shoulders, that's all you work out ever, right? <laughs> but instead you, you start to understand like all your muscles are working together. Like if you wanna, and when you actually work out other muscles you don't think about, you don't see, they're not the big flashy ones, they're like, those actually make you stronger in other areas. What Peter is saying is you need to have some of these things. You need to add these things to your faith because your faith is active. It's not simply that you believe something about Jesus. That's where growing faith, things have gotten so so difficult because we've associated following Jesus with simply believing things about Jesus. But I think the call of Jesus Jesus is actually greater to say, actually follow me. Because that's when your life will change. Because some of you, and again, this is the reality for some of us. You go, well, I believe that thing. I, I was at this event. I threw the stick. I walked forward. However, it looked in that context. I said, yes, I believe that thing. And then you didn't ever follow Jesus in a couple of weeks or months or years go by. And you go, well, the Jesus thing doesn't work. I don't get it. You, like they talk about peace and you talk about I'd have the life I want and all these things. And like the reality is to, to get peace, you need to live in the way of Jesus. Like Jesus came and he actually, he, he said, I'm the, the way, the truth, and the life. In church context, we get really big on the truth and the life, but we forget about the way. And, and the way to peace is the way of Jesus. And with all these, they, they all, like these characteristics are a network coming together, but they do have a final goal result. And that's where he finishes. He says, and to all these things add mutual affection and then to mutual affection, love. Now he uses two different words for love. See us in our language, like we say love, like I love cheeseburgers, I love football, I love my wife. It's all the same word, very different meanings. The, the Greek words, and I don't, honestly, I don't get into Greek, all, like Hebrew all that much because like my philosophy is like Greek and Hebrew is like underwear, like it should support you, but we don't need to see it, you know what I'm saying? But, but this, is, this is helpful for you. You can laugh in church, it's okay, I promise. No one's gonna get like electrocuted. But, but here's the deal. There's a word where he says mutual affection, it's a different word for love. He's talking about brotherly love. About loving people who are like you. Which isn't that easy? I mean, sometimes, like the people who are most like me are the people who are easiest for me to like and show love to. 
People who vote like me, people who think like me, people who live in the area that I do, people who cheer for my same sport, it seems like those are the people who it's easy to show love to. And he does say, you need to have that brotherly love. But then he goes one more, and Peter goes one more, because Jesus always went more, one more. He says, you need to have this word love. It's an agape. It's a sacrificial love. It means I love you regardless of anything you ever have done, anything you ever will do. And Jesus' love needs to be represented in us. And Jesus comes and says, I come 100% of the time in your direction 100% of the time. Like You don't have to move in my direction at all. I'm gonna come and show you and shower love on you every single time regardless of anything you do because that's how good I am. And we have the same responsibility as followers of Jesus to love that way. And this is the thing that's, that's crazy is, is I think the people that I know that have the most peace, they're generally also the people who love people the best. And you think about people you know, the people who love people the best probably have the most peace. And I think it's because you get peace when you show love to people. But it's also not just just me, there's actually, they did some studies, a doctor, Dr. Emily Ansel, who is on faculty at Yale, and now she's at Penn State, doing like biobehavioral stuff. I mean, like, super smart woman. And she, like, she did this study where they were tracking with people and said, hey, we want you to do acts of kindness, show love to people, things like simple things, like holding doors for people and helping people with simple things. And as you go through your day, just track how you're feeling, how your stress levels are, all those things. And what they found through their study is that people, the people in the study who helped people, which I would say showing love to people, not based on anything those people did, but just they were kind, they showed up. Those people who showed up, uh, they accounted and they said that they had less stress throughout their day than the people who didn't. So as you're showing love to people, you're even like these, these scientists, these psycholog- psychologists are seeing and saying, there's something to this. When you show love to people, your stress levels go down. But, but here's the reality though, like we all can define love any way we want to, right? I mean, that's why like for the past 30 years, we've been asking, what is Love. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Right? Like, like here's the deal. Like, it's, we could throw out what is love, and we'd get hundreds of different responses, even from the people in the room. Like, what does it mean to show love? How do I show love? And this is reality. If you are not a follower of Jesus, you get to show love however you want to. You get to define love however you want to. Because you never signed up to follow Jesus, and you totally get a pass. But if you're a follower of Jesus... Like being a follower of Jesus, it means that we love the way that Jesus does. Like we don't get a pass. It means that we decide that I will agape, I will sacrificially love you, I will come in your direction 100%, 100% of the time. But what if they don't vote like me? It doesn't matter. What if they don't believe like me? It doesn't matter. What if they, like, it doesn't matter. Jesus is literally thinking, did I stutter when I said show love to people? And when I say, if, if you're not a Jesus follower, you totally get a pass on this, you don't have to do this. But I also think, I think if you, you do this, you'll see things change in your life. I think you may even see that you change. And I think in, in some ways, like I think you'll even get more peace. Because we want peace. And we're even seen to, to show love, like I have to know what love is, I need to embrace, I need to 
be with someone. I need to get the heart and mind of God on my heart and mind and able to show, to be able to show the love. How do I do that? I do that through private disciplines. I do that through building relationship over time. I do that through taking some time out of my day to connect with God, not in a way that feels like a burden or not in a way that I'm just gritting my teeth and white knuckling and like, because this is really, and maybe this is your experience. Like I'm a church kid who grew up in the church. Right? Maybe you had a similar experience where like we hear this, you gotta, you gotta grow your faith and it's always focused on the discipline. It's never focused on the motivation. So it's like, all right, you're gonna have this book and you're gonna fill this book and, and you're gonna do these and get these verse cards and you memorize this and you do that and you hit these check boxes and all these things. And I, I literally remember like, We'd have like our devotion book and our student program was on Wednesday nights. And my mom would ask, hey, did you guys do your, do your devotions this week? And be like, ah, maybe like one. And she'd say, okay, go to your room and go do them so you can bring it to church tonight so you can do whatever. And like, so I would go and I'd sit there and do all seven in one day. Like, it doesn't matter if I loved anybody that week. It doesn't matter, like I wasn't trying to be with God, but it was like the, the discipline was so much, which discipline's important, but it's inadequate. And here's the thing too, this is something like, don't let discipline get in the way of you growing your faith. Because like for some of us, you're so kind of, I can't, this is discipline. Here's the thing, there is no way around this. If you want to grow your faith, you have to get alone with God. Like however that looks, if you want to grow your faith, you have to get alone with God. Now I'm not saying you, you gotta get a book, and you gotta, like in, in concert to who you are, like you need to be able to get alone with God because there is no way to get God's heart and mind on my heart and mind if I'm not spending time with him. And as great as a gathering is where we come together and we sing and you learn, like you need to go and you need to be consistent in that of yourself. Because the consistency over time is what will help or honestly, what will hurt. Kind of like the dentist. If you only brush your teeth at the dentist twice a year, you'd lose all your teeth, right? It's, it's brushing your teeth every single day, two minutes, twice a day, two minutes, twice a day, every single day. And that, again, you're doing that, you have that discipline because you wanna have a nice smile tomorrow. Because you wanna save your teeth. You're choosing to do something right now based on what you want in the future, and it's the, the private discipline. Now, now, with private disciplines, again, we have majored so much on the discipline side. Whereas, I mean, literally, at times in my life, it's like, here's this spreadsheet and these check boxes and all these things, and you send it to that person, they're gonna, like, evaluate all these things, which, like, I love a scoreboard until I don't measure up. Right? And what happens is, instead of being honest, I just start hiding stuff. And you can't grow your faith and you can't grow in healthy ways if you're hiding things. So you gotta have motivation and discipline. See, discipline is good, but it's, it's insufficient by itself. You need motivation. You need a why. That's the thing is like, have, have you ever stepped back to ask the question, why should I spend time alone with God? Like for so many of us, we, we again, it's like, you have to, you need to be like, like Why? See, motivation will help you because it gives you a direction to go. It will help motivate you and help you, you see, like not the motivation, like you need a hype man to call you every day. Like, come on, dude, we're gonna study the Bible and you're giving each other high fives. And, yeah, we're doing it. Like, like, not like you're trying to get excited for a game. Motivation of like, long-term, who do you wanna be in five years? What kind of parent, what kind of student, what kind of employee or employer, like what kind of spouse? Like, who do you wanna be long-term? But then discipline will help bring that, to come to pass, really. Actually help that be there. And, and this is the thing, you can't just wait until you feel like it. 
So if we're honest, our feelings are so fickle, aren't they? Like, like, like I feel different things all the time. And like, here's just reality. It was Thanksgiving, like eating food feels good. My wife's a great cook. She makes awesome desserts. Like that feels really good. And I would love to just eat as much as I want all the time. But I also want to be able to play with my kids and my grandkids and hopefully their kids. And I have to discipline myself in that moment, even though it doesn't feel good or even at the beginning, right? Like there are times where I go to the gym, I don't want to go to the gym at all. It's funny, I think that's such a lie that people think, well, if you work out because you like it all the time, like, no. There's a lot of times I'm like, man, I gotta go again. Or sometimes I gotta, I'm here at the church, I gotta go by on the way home. I'm like, well, all right, fine, I'll go. But, but here's the reality. At the end, when I'm coming home from the gym, nine times out of 10, I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. Even though I didn't feel like it. Because here's the reality. If you wait until you feel like it to do things, a lot of those opportunities will pass you by and you won't have an opportunity anymore. Like if you wait to invest in your relationships until you feel like it with the people in your house, pretty soon they might be living in their own house and you'll be working and diligently trying to get back what it is. If you wait to take care of your body, if you wait to invest and save money, like you will miss out on so many opportunities. See, discipline and motivation, they have to go together. And I think Again, if I could, even like people, if you were raised in church, like this is more for you. If you weren't raised in church, that's totally fine. You're still welcome to hear this and maybe you can associate this somewhere in your life. But like we've majored so much on the discipline side of things and we just white knuckled it and we haven't gone back to why. And discipline alone leads to being strict and rigid and legalistic. It has a place, but it's not the center of everything. And this is the, this is the way I heard it. I thought it was so good. It said, if motivation, this is how the motivation and discipline come together. It says, if motivation is our compass, then discipline is a sail that catches the winds of our actions and drives us towards our destination. If discipline is the wind that catches, like, like it's gonna take us, but we have to know where we're going. So this is where we gotta ask this question. This is, I would love for you to just kind of wrestle with this and think about this is what is your motivation for spending time alone with Jesus? Like again, if you're like me, you're like, okay, we talk about private disciplines. We're talking about, like, I'm just gonna jump right into it. And I'm gonna like do all this. I'm gonna get this Bible study. I'm gonna get that thing. I'm gonna get this thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, do, like, I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna, like, you're gonna do that and you're gonna lose sight of why and you're gonna be going somewhere, but you're not gonna be going to the place you really want. So you need to slow down. You need to get the why. I tell you, for me, this is personally, for me, I want to be a good dad. I want to be a great husband. I want to be an incredible neighbor. I, like, this is just, for, like, I want to be the best neighbor to my neighbors where they're sad when I move away. Like, I have one of the neighbors on my one side, man, they are the most loving people. They are so kind. Like, you are literally like, the best neighbor. I, like, I want to be sad when we're not neighbors anymore. Like, I want that for my neighbors. Like my motivation for why I need to spend time with Jesus is because I'm a better dad when I spend time with Jesus. I'm a better husband when I spend time with Jesus. I'm a better neighbor, I'm a better coworker. And again, it's not the legalistic, I have to do this. It's, man, I see my life is better when I get to do this. You need to get a why. And then what you have to do is you have to keep it in front of you. You gotta keep it in front of you. This is why health experts say you need to eat naked in front of a mirror to lose weight. I mean, honestly, I think that would probably be worse for your mental health than it is beneficial for your physical health. Like, don't do that. But you gotta have something in front of you. This is where my wife and I, early on in our marriage, we had some goals and we try to make it 
keep it simple, keep it easy. We said, we wanna pay off all of our debt before we buy a house. We really wanna work on it. For years, we worked multiple jobs, late nights, 14, 15 hour days, doing stuff, scrapping, I mean, just hustling. But what we had on our refrigerator is we had a chart and it had how much debt we owed and how much we were paying off. We were marking off every single month. We paid, we paid $700, it's awesome. We paid $1,000, that's great. We paid $200. Man, I'd love to pay more than that. Like we paid, and, we, and we put it in front of us, but we constantly saw and we could talk to our kids Mom and dad are working really hard to change our family dynamic and our family tree so we'll have more options later. And here's the reality. For me, getting out of debt, yeah, it was partially for me, but really it was for my kids. It was for my grandkids. And let me just say this too, and I don't, I'm not trying to like emotionally manipulate you or anything, but here's the reality. For some of you, you need to spend time with Jesus not just for you, but for the people around you. I really believe you'll be a better whatever if you spend some time with Jesus. Even if you don't believe, and this is the thing I think is so incredible, is Jesus' invitation was always come follow, come try it out. You don't have to buy into everything. You don't have to agree with everything. Just come try it out. So even if you're skeptical, if you're unsure what you believe, just come try it out. I think you'll begin to see that the way of Jesus in a lot of ways, it's better than the way of Justin. It's a lot of ways better than your ways of doing things. But you have to go back to the why. Because I can't motivate you to change. I can try to explain it to you, but at some point in your life, you're gonna go, man, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. And kind of just ask, like, are you tired of not having peace? Like, are you, are you tired of like feeling like, man, I thought that thing was gonna do it and then it didn't do it. I thought that was gonna do it and then it didn't do it. And, and maybe you're going on your mind, I just, <sighs> rest sounds really good. This is Jesus' invitation. He says, come, come to me, not just come learn about me. Now, I, I would love to give you a list of things. Again, that's the way I operate. And some of you are like, man, I really would love a list. Just give me exactly what I need to do. And so I'd say, as you look through uh, different studies that are done, people are saying, this is what's helped me grow my faith. Right? They didn't even ask what private disciplines. They just said, what things have helped you grow your faith? I would direct you to two things. Just try these two things. First thing is praying for guidance. Second thing is reflecting on scripture. Praying for guidance, reflecting on scripture. What I love about this is that it's so open and vague and it's so free and flowing. And what I hate about this is that it's so open and vague and free. Because like, again, I want how many minutes a day, when do I need to do it? What do I need like, show me step by step so I can know how good I am, so I can know if God and I are good. It's not about you and God. You and God are good. God doesn't need more time with you. Like, I need more time with God, not for God, but for me and for my family. See, it's interesting, even, so I, like, I'm not a big feeler, right? Like, I, like, very much intellectually driven, all those things, but like, but, like, the time that I have grown the most over the last six to nine months is the time that I've been praying and not reading the scripture. 
And even there's this app I'd love for all you to get. It's called the YouVersion Bible app. It's super easy. Like you look up free Bible app, it's like probably right at the top of the list. YouVersion Bible app. You can find reading plans on there. You can find a verse of the day. You can find people talking to you about the verse of the day. You can find prayer time. And, and I've just begun initiating more of the prayer time because I'm just like, man, I'm just not good at that. And I want to get good at that because I really think that will help me with some things. And, and even this last week, I'm praying about things. And stuff is coming up to the surface where like, I'm not even... If you would have asked me about it 20 minutes before that, I wouldn't even have told you it was a big deal, but I'm seeing through sitting down and slowing down. Praying and going, and God says, they're asking about things you're carrying. And like, there are some pretty big things in my life. I'm like, oh, this is a big thing. I'm anxious about this. I'm carrying this. And then God's like, what about that thing about your kid? It's like, oh man, I didn't know that. I'm sitting there with Jesus and I'm like, man, like I'm really anxious about this and I can't carry this. I'm so tired of carrying this. I think that that moment again is where Jesus invited me and he invites all of us. He says, come to me all who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Peace is one of the things that we all want, but we don't know the work it takes to get. I am convinced through my experience and people around me that one of the ways to get peace is to have a growing, confident relationship in God. And one of the ways to get that is through private disciplines, to sit down with Jesus, to get his heart and mind on your heart and mind. If you're not a Jesus follower, you don't have to do any of this. Because it's not about being heavy and this burden, also if you have to do it, it's like, hey, you you get to if you want to. And this is the thing that's so powerful about, about private disciplines. You get to choose. Like if, if you were like, hey, you know what? Jesus and me are good. I'm happy with what I got. Like I come and I do this or I do whatever, wherever you're at. You're like, I'm fine with that. that, that that's good. Like, okay. You can, you, that, that's fine. You can be right there. But if you say, I want, I want something more, I want something different. I, I, like you talk about this piece, you talk about like, again, I, I'm trying to figure things out. I'd say, you can come, you can try it out. And even you go to version. the thing is beautiful, they have all different reading plans. Talking with a lady after the first service today, and she's saying, yeah, it's so crazy. I was talking with a friend of mine, and they're like, man, I really want peace. And you're talking about peace. And like, I don't, the Bible intimidates me, it's scary. Like, I totally get that. That's where it's so good. You go on this Bible app, you can just search, like, what do you want to learn about? You want to learn about anxiety. You want to learn about Jesus. You want to learn about healing. You want to learn about miracles. You want to learn about, like, like you literally can search just about anything. You can learn how to be a better dad, a better spouse, a better parent, a better, however it is, like, you can learn and, and begin, begin to follow the way of Jesus. And I really believe that would be able to help you grow your faith. And there's no way around it. If you want to grow your faith, you have to get along with God all over the house. Would y'all stand with me? Um, Because even talking through this a little bit, I think there's some people in the house that you mean, you're like, you talk about peace and like, that resonates with me. I want peace. Um, Just for privacy, for people around, would you just bow your heads? We're not gonna do anything weird, I promise. Just more, it's honestly for people to your left and to your right, front and back. But if you're here in the house and you're like, man, I, like you talk about peace and I really need peace peace, like my life is anything but peaceful. Would you just raise your hand? I wanna pray for you. I see you over here in the back of the front, over here on this side. You can put your hand up. You can put it right back down over here. I see you. Man, this is the thing. We all need more peace, but for you, man, you're like, I really need it. Can I tell you, I really believe that Jesus, the person 
Jesus is the answer to the problem of peace. And he's inviting you even now to come and see, to come and follow. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for being good to us. Jesus, thank you for taking care of us and God, for, for being willing to just give us the invitation to come. And God, thank you for promising that your burden is light. I pray that as we're, we're trying to live this out, as we're trying to add these things to our life, God, as we're trying to show love and be, spend time with you, God, that we would keep that attitude. God, that we grow in intimacy, God. For, for my brothers and sisters here, God, the people that are just, God, they're just recognizing they need more peace. I pray that you would give them that peace. God, I, I just ask that you would even work in their lives to bring their desires to want to be with you and spend time with you, God, that you would do only you can do and you would help grow their faith as they spend time with you. We love you and it's in your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways? First, if you would just spread the word, share this message with your friends, family. Maybe you could go rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, but this helps us so much more than you know. And secondly, this ministry is supported by people like you through their financial generosity. And so if you've been impacted by any of these messages, would you consider giving to support the mission and vision of Centerpoint to see people reach with the radical grace of Jesus? You can give today on our website at centerpointfl.org. And again, that's centerpointfl.org.